Patrice and I are so excited to have you all joining us this evening for this episode of the Educator Lounge. Today, our special guest is District Teacher Librarian at Van Meter Community Schools in Iowa, Shannon Miller. Shannon serves as the Future Ready Librarian Spokesperson in Future Ready Schools National Faculty Member working with librarians, educators, and students worldwide every day. We are lucky to have her joining us today to discuss how she uses resources to amplify her students' learning experiences while supporting others in her building to do the same. So Shannon, welcome. We're so excited. Thank you. I'm so excited too. And Shannon, I'm going to start you off with, with a fun one. Okay. We've been talking about the candy. Halloween is right around the corner. So are you celebrating? Are you decorating? Do you get into these small holidays with your students? Um, so at home, I have some pumpkins, you know, the big thing are like the white and green pumpkins now. So I have pumpkins and mums. don't really get into decorating too much. And then at school, we kind of do a little bit of Halloween, a little bit of fall, and we try to decorate for all of the holidays. And so we are in a rural town in Iowa, so it's a nice way for us to get a lot of different cultures and things into our library. So right now we're decorated for Hispanic Heritage Month, and we're getting ready for some other holidays that are coming up and a little Halloween. So it's always kind of a mixture of fun, fun things and fall, of course, too. Absolutely. No, I remember... Uh, when I was growing up, I mean, we would we would go all out for it. So I think it's one of the best part uh, of going to school around certain holidays is you get to participate in that. You get to do activities with your with your students. So that's awesome to hear. Um, Marissa, why don't you ask a little bit about some of the, the tools that we're going to be talking about? Yeah, so um, when we were talking to Shannon about, you know, what we could do for a topic for this episode, something that really um, I've been thinking a lot about is I've heard a lot of educators talk about like all these tech tools they could be using, all these free websites. Um, the school maybe purchased this thing and they don't really know where to go or where to start. And with Shannon, she just is kind of, she is a huge influencer um, and uses so many tech tools all the time and just jumps into new adventures. So I thought this could be a great topic, you know, to combine the both of us to learn a little bit more about how she does it. Um, so to start off, Shannon, do you want to talk a little bit about how you learn about new tech tools? Um, is this something your school introduces? Do you find them on your own? Are there communities you look to um, when trying new things? Yeah. Well, because I'm on social media, I think that's the first thing. And I watch what other educators around the country are doing. Um, I see a lot of ideas on Twitter and especially now like Instagram, like I love, I love seeing everything that is posted. I'm super visual. So I love that part. And also just going to conferences. When I go to conferences, I spend a lot of time on the vendor floor um, because I want to learn from like the people who are creating them and the experts. That's how I met everybody at Unreally Studios. And so, and I learned about the splat. So it was, I think that it's really important to keep your eyes open for these things too, even if you're learning stuff at school, because you might see things that 
maybe you don't have already at school or learning how people are using them and seeing ideas. And that does make a difference when you can see things in action. So a big part of my role at Van Meter is bringing new things to my school. If it's the resources, if it's ideas, if it's like, hey, I saw this, like you think we could get it or figure out how to do it. And, and that's a big part of my role, not only as the librarian, but also working you know, with the innovation of our school. We've been one-to-one. I think this is like our 12th year we've been one-to-one at Van Meter, so we've used technology a lot, and as we all know, sometimes it can be a little overwhelming, you know, like you said, of all the things that there are, and so really like thinking about like the vision and mission of our school and seeing how these things fit, that's a big, big part of my job. Yeah, I also love personally going on those conference floors and like trying out all the new products. It's like the best way to like learn about them. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And so Shannon, when you see something on the, con on the conference floor, um, would you say that you're looking for something that will fill a specific need? Or is it more that you'll come across something that really resonates with you and you say like, oh, I got to have it. And then you kind of find a way to make it fit in the aftermath. Probably the latter more so than, than finding things that would just automatically fit. Um, you know, sometimes you see something and you're like, this would be a great tool for such and such project or, or that grade level or whatever it might be. But a lot of times, again, like one of the favorite things about my role and just finding these new tools is like brainstorming ways that we can use it. And I did a presentation earlier this morning to Oklahoma and I always say that in the beginning, as they watch, like, even though I use this for kindergarten, it can be used for our 12th graders too. And I work in a school community that we have preschool to 12th grade all in one building. We have about a thousand kids and all of our teachers and our administrators are all in one spot. And so a lot of times I'm thinking too, in my head, like, am I going to be able to use this for all of our kids? And a lot of times the tools and the resources that we use, they fit across the board, especially when it comes to technology tools and not just, you know, resources that we might use for research or whatever it might be. And so a big part of what I'm always thinking is, you know, how could I use this with our you know, high school science class, but yet use it still with our kindergartners or whatever it might be. And there are ways to use most tools that we do, um, especially when it comes to technology across the grade spans. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to find the way to maximize you know, the potential, um, you know, one for the benefit of, of the students and their learning, but also kind of to make the most of, of every purchase. So that, that makes perfect sense. Now, you've obviously gone to countless conferences, you know, you're involved in a ton of communities. So you've had exposure to tons of different resources and tools. What are some of the, the go-to tools you use now that you've collected over the years? Um, and what do you exactly do you like best about them? Oh my gosh, that's like a huge question. Like that, that's a really hard one. And so um, right now at our school, some things that are just really like hot and kind of go-to's um, well, number one, we've used Buncee forever. Buncee last year was purchased by Capstone. So it's now called Capstone Create or Pebble Go Create. 
And it's a great creation tool for our kids. Um, it's number one, like safe for all of our kids to use. Um, they're all successful when they use it. It's now paired up with our favorite like elementary resource, PebbleGo, but even our older kids can use it too. And so they use it as, you know, it's like a digital storytelling tool that they can add their voice and video to it and all kinds of great things. Another one of my favorite tools is Merge. I cannot say enough great things about Merge and all that they've done. Um, Merge has a site that has a lot of resources. They have three different apps. So they have Explorer, Object Viewer, and Hologlobe. And this is one that I use. It doesn't matter if my kids are in preschool and we just started working with them or if they're in high school, there is something for everyone because it's augmented in virtual reality and, and just such a cool thing. Um, also, we use a lot of different robotics. And so like Ozobot and the Sphero Indies, um, super fun to use those. And again, we use it in digital storytelling and just all kinds of different things. Storyboard that, um, that's a real favorite. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it's amazing. And we start using that uh, this time of year. I've done a lot, even this week already, um, yesterday, kicking off our fourth graders and third graders using that again for the year. And then they're going to use it in the high school, but it creates like a kind of graphic novel or comics and just a really great thing because you can make your characters and the scenes any way that you want. And so that's a good one. And then when it comes to, I mean, I could talk like forever about digital tools. So I'll try to keep it like try to think kind of in buckets here. Um, but there are a lot of things out there right now that companies have done to really provide great resources for all of us that are free and open for everyone. Um, a new one that is on the scene in the last probably six months is AT&T has created the Achievery. It's free for everybody. It's so cool because it's paired up with Warner Brothers and Cartoon Network and Girls Who Code and um, Khan Academy, like all kinds of great content providers that they have partnered with. And so it's all focused around like a subject and then the videos and lesson plans that would support it. And so that's kind of one of my favorite new things to show our teachers uh, to this year. So that is a really good one. I, I could go on forever though about digital tools. So <laughs> what is one tool, um, I guess if you're like, easy start, easy to like start tools. What would you say? Like if you're a teacher and you want to just like try something really quickly. Yeah. If it's, if it's for, um, well, so if you have PebbleGo, the PebbleGo create is so simple. It's right inside of PebbleGo. Um, it's just an, a little add-on to use and it's just so much fun. And also like, if, if this is a tool that you're going to use and you're going to use it for yourself as a teacher, like maybe you're making something that is a poster for your classroom or your library, or maybe you're making even like a, you want to make like a, I hate to say worksheets because I really don't like worksheets, but you want to make something that your kids like need to maybe record like a project or you're doing a STEM like, you know, map with them or something. Canva is awesome. And when you first get into Canva, I 
just did a workshop today with my friends in Texas um, around Canva. And I know it can look a little overwhelming, but everybody can be successful with Canva. Like just give it a try. And it's free for all of us as teachers. And there are so many different ways to use it. And you can even have your kids use it too. You can set up a class. And so that is a really fun one to use. I want to say one more thing. Another one that I would try um, is there's a new tool that Stick Together makes. So Stick Together are the posters with like the little stickers on them. And with Stick Together, they now have their virtual sticker posters are free. And they have a site that is a pixel art site and it is totally free too. And so my kids have made the coolest posters themselves using their free pixel art. And that is something anyone could do. And so, and, and, and it's free, they're both free. So those are really, really cool things too. Can I mention one more thing? Of course. <laughs> okay, one more thing, and this is so good. Um, because, um, this is something that we use to get our kids, especially the beginning of the year, excited about reading. And I call it like the good reads for kids, because it's something where you can, kids can make bookshelves and they can like record what they're reading and, and talk about it and review it, but it's called Bibliognasium. And Bibliognasium is so neat because kids can personalize it. They can add their books to their bookshelf. They can recommend books to friends. They can review books. They can even set up challenges. And so as the librarian, like it's fun to work with the classroom teachers, but it's also neat for the classroom teachers because they can have their kids go there and it just really helps your reading community and makes the kids really proud of what they're reading. It gives them a place to talk about and celebrate what they're reading together. That's it's, so cool. I know it's, it's so, it's so great. It's one of my favorite sites of all times. We've used it for a long time. And so it, it's amazing. It's really great. Shannon, I, uh, I knew you'd have a lot of tools there, but even, even that list impressed me. Um, that's, Good. That's awesome. um, uh, we have a question from Mary in the chat who was looking for some examples of either projects or activities that you would use with these tools, um, specifically in the library. She didn't mention maybe which tool, so maybe just pick your favorite um, tool or, or activity that you've done recently. Yes, absolutely. And so, well, for one thing, I um, I blog on the Library Voice, and I write all the time on there. So it's just thelibraryvoice.com, and I write about most of the projects that I do. And so, for example, like let's just use stick together, for example. So last week was Be Who You Are Day, um, Todd Parr and his amazing book, Be Who You Are. And so we read the book to the kids and then they created their self-portraits in the pixel art stick together. And so, you know, thinking about, especially in the library, like I always think how I can pair up things together. Um, if it's a book, if it's maybe something that they're studying in their classroom. Uh, yesterday I went into a class and it was third grade and the teacher, they were studying bridges like in their reading curriculum, learning about different bridges around the world. And she asked me if I had an activity. And so I brought in the Kiva planks 
And I just printed off like pictures on from online of bridges all around the world. I told them about visiting one in Australia and in London. And I tried to give like specific examples. And then the kids built using the Kiva planks. And so for me as a librarian, I'm always thinking, you know, like how I can connect directly to what they're doing within the curriculum, especially like how I can support the teachers. I'm sure it's more engaging for the kids too, when you bring in, like, if you were to do something around, like say the Golden Gate Bridge or London Bridge, or when you bring, um, you mentioned, I believe it was with Pebble Go, the uh, integration with Cartoon Network, or like with, with, with what uh, Minecraft is doing with, you know, their coding, just something more relevant for them that kind of makes them a little bit more interested, a little bit more engaged, um, you know, kind of break, break, breaking that barrier between like, hey, this is school, this is fun, you know, you can have learning, you know, be just as fun as, as when you're home with your friends. Oh yeah. When they see me show up in their classroom, they get super excited because they know that if I come, I'm going to have something really super fun for them. And so that like, I, I love my job as a librarian. And that's probably my favorite part of it is helping the teachers make learning more innovative and more exciting and and more meaningful to them like where it makes it you know really stick on what they're learning absolutely and would you say too that especially for someone like yourself who has adopted so much technology i mean over the years obviously there's just more and more technology that gets added to the classroom um you know would you say that that makes your class more efficient i mean ideally the technology is there to help um, does that maybe free up more time so you're able to do more things or sometimes would you say it's almost too much to kind of balance everything or kind of where, where do you fit in between the line of maybe this is too much technology or just the more technology you have like the more efficient you're able to be. I mean there definitely needs to be a balance like yesterday you know bringing in Kiva planks where they could just build and we could have done an activity online with building, you know, using things we brainstormed about, like using like Tinkercad to build bridges and, you know, all kinds of things. But I think finding a balance is so important, especially now when our kids are using so much technology. But the nice thing about also having things that they can hold in their hands or they can use, it doesn't need to be a screen always either. Like maybe it's a merge cube and they're, you know, using an iPad and, and going to explore things outside or they're doing something, um, you know, that requires them to code a robot, you know, with a marker on a piece of paper. Um, I think like finding that balance and our teachers have so many things that they are teaching the kids. And so I never want them to feel like it's something like extra and a burden. Like I want to know, and I collaborate with them so closely because I want to know exactly how I can tie in and not have it be like, oh, Shannon's coming in and this like amount of time isn't going to relate to anything that we're doing. And so I always go in and find out, like I really start a lot of times and sometimes I'll go in and say like, let's figure out a way to use this. But I always start with looking at what they're doing and then going for like using that as a springboard to think like, what could I bring to them or how could I tie in? I want to use robotics. Like how can I tie it into what they're doing in their classroom? Teachers yeah, are pretty darn busy. So have to be careful about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I would imagine too that 
it would depend on the person that balance might look different, you know, from educator to educator. Um, and there may not necessarily be like one, one right answer or one perfect fit. Absolutely. And you do, you have some teachers, they need a lot more support when it comes to certain tools and some teachers, they do a really good job of maybe working a little bit ahead so they do have more time for these things and that's okay you know whatever they need whatever their comfort zone is and I try to work with them wherever they're at in their journey because we want our teachers to be you know well number one I want to be respectful of them as their librarian and as their as their partner but also we want to make sure that we're supporting them wherever they are in their journey and and kids you know it doesn't matter if a kid is four in preschool or if they're 18 like they're also going to help teachers not only supporting them but pushing them to if they see, you know, the other third grade class, like they've done this activity, a lot of times they'll say like, well, when is it our turn? And that it does really help push our teachers um, in a good way with that incentive too, of, of making sure that all of our kids get the same, you know, thing, even if it might be a different time that they're, they're having the same experiences. That's really great. Uh, going into a little bit more about using digital tools to enhance learning. Um, what are your thoughts on teaching students that technology should always serve a, pur a purpose? I think it goes hand in hand. And I'm kind of my philosophy, if I'm going in, like I'm gonna make sure that it's it, that I'm gonna make learning fun. And it, you know, even if there's something that is so simple maybe to us, like kids, when they can be, connected to like the activity yesterday with Kiva Planks, like it could have been a total flop because, you know, you're pulling out something and you're super simple, you know, to do, or it could be something that we put in our toolbox to use again. And I think just having, you know, always in my head, like, even if it's not like fun, if it's meaningful and if it can connect to them and they can find a way to take that and not do the same thing that all their classmates are doing, like that's what's meaningful for kids when they can take it and kind of put a twist on it for themselves and come up with their own plan. And if it's working together independently, like those things make learning fun too, you know, giving the kids choice and just a voice in, in how they want to do it. I yeah. get to be a fun teacher a lot though, because I don't have to give tests and I don't have to do that kind of stuff. So <laughs> Yeah, I think it's always great to see how students really dive into something when it was like kind of their idea. So I guess um, you already mentioned student choice. So in what ways do you let your students have choice in your classroom? Yeah, so being the librarian, like we have, you know, of course, the choice in what they want to read and what our kids maybe want to learn about if it's doing research or even just exploring on their own. But when it comes to working with the kids, and as we were so lucky, because we get to work with the kids from preschool to 12th grade. And so we see kids to move through these grade levels. And 
one of the nice things kind of about how we work with them, and this is every grade level, by the end of the year, our kids have built, you know, a, a really great toolbox of different things they can use. And so as they build on this, and as we give them, even if it's a choice of two things, you know, to let them have a choice in how they not only maybe want to use for a project, but even how they're using the project, you know, because one kid that's creating with Buncee or Pebble Go Create might put a video in and their voice in, and the other kid might write like two pages and add, you know, virtual stickers over the top. And both are great. And mm -hmm. I think that we need to find things that will help our kids be successful in however they want to share their knowledge, however they want to share their creativity. And a big part too of, I think, teaching kids nowadays and probably me working with the teachers too, is making sure that our teachers and our kids and our families like understand that too, because we want them to be empowered to let kids, you know, have that choice too. They're, yeah. They love that. Yeah. Something I always remind myself too is there's more than one way to get to the same answer. So basically what yeah. you just said, um, just because I'm doing it one way doesn't mean someone else has to do it the same exact way I do it. We can still get to the same solution. Yes. Yeah. And um, that's, that's so true for everyone. Yeah, I like that a lot. And it's cool that technology kind of has opened that door in education to allow like students to really start learning like that as well. Yeah, I think I think it just makes it everything more flexible the way you're able to tackle yeah. that sort of stuff. I mean, we've known for a long time someone might have a preference. Oh, I'm more of a, a visual learner or audio is my thing, but technology kind of gives you all those different avenues to kind of go and and take your own approach on it, which I think is just makes it easier from an educator perspective um, instead of maybe tailoring, you know, different parts of more traditional lessons, um, letting the the children kind of explore on their own uh, makes it a little bit easier on you. Um, so obviously the technology you're, you're using is great because it's giving them those avenues um, and it's increasing their engagement and their fun, but are there any other ways you use it as like a learning outcome or perhaps, I know you don't, you said you don't do tests, but maybe as a form of assessment for collaboration, any other uses? Yeah, I mean, and even though I might not use it for, you know, like I might not give tests or whatever, a lot of times their outcome might be creating a project or building something or showing, you know, what they learned with a tool that they um, choose. And again, like a big part of my job as a librarian is that piece, you know, with our teachers, because we want them to think creatively we want our teachers to deliver the content you know in ways that is engaging and exciting and innovative for our kids and so when the teachers come to me I'll just I always think about like Pear Deck for example we use Pear Deck a lot I love Pear Deck and and we have set up so many different like um, learning opportunities in Pear Deck and so maybe a you know even a few years ago, a social studies test might have been given on a piece of paper, but now we could use Pear Deck to do the same thing where kids can write their responses or draw them or say them. They can use, you know, Pebble Go Create to create something that they've learned. Um, they can use anything really, you know, to, to make something that 
to show what they have learned, to show that they have that knowledge that we want them to have. And so it doesn't always have to do with giving them a written test or something that is fill in the blank or like true and false. Or I mean, my son is a senior and it's been great to watch him go through Van Meter and, you know, work with the teachers who are even teaching Hagen to really understand that more because, you know, in real life, like that's what we all do, right? Is we, we show what we know about our job. We do our job well, we're passionate about it. And that's what we want our kids to have too. And so a big part of um, my role is just being able to use these tools to, um, to assess what they're learning even more. And I think you, you won't find many kids, especially these days that are going to complain about not having to do a test. So in terms no. of outcomes, being able to express yourself just as yeah. uniquely as you learn, you know, the other way around, I think is huge for them as well. Um, Judy had a quick question in the chat. Um, can you recommend any projects or digital tools that can be used in the math classroom specifically? Gosh, I was just talking about that today, how math is like my weakest link, I will be really honest. And I am always looking for, you know, for, for math, it's so different because like we've used our 3D printers, we've used Tinkercad for math. Um, we've used Pear Deck, like to make, you know, lessons more interactive. Um, but that, that is a tough one for me. So if anybody else has examples, they can put them in there too. But some of those tools that we, you know, have used, and it's been fun, our math teachers, uh, one great one that we use, and I don't know what grade you teach, but we have used Breakout EDU a lot, which is another one of my all-time favorite tools. And I love Breakout EDU. I love the digital games, especially. I love the Breakout Boxes, but they, I really like the digital ones. The kids love them. And now kids can create their own breakout games. And so for math last year, at the end of the year, several of our grade levels used breakout EDU. They created their own games to show they had like, you know, kind of like a list of what they could choose from the different math concepts they had learned. And they had to show so many in their breakout games. And next week we're kicking off a project with breakout EDU with our third grade and they are doing story problems. And so their first way they're going to use um, the game creator in breakout EDU this year is to create a game using, um, they have to do three story problems. And so breakout is probably when I learned about how to create the digital ones, that has been the one that I feel successful finally at really being able to help teachers like um, integrate math in a creative way. But when you're, I see that you teach fifth grade, like the achievery that I was talking about with um, AT&T, they have some great math, um, cons, like just content on there. And also, oh, there's a new one that it's, it's like Everfee. And there's one other one too, that have some pretty neat, like not only like videos and different things you can use, but even different lesson plans too, that might give you some ideas. So those are ones that I always point our math teachers in those directions. And of course, robotics. Ozobots are great for math. Our teachers use those a lot. 
um, because you can use a marker or you can use an app with them. And so those have been something that they even use them on like their dry erase tables and the Ozobot will follow along with the marker on there too. Yeah, and I imagine that educators must be constantly looking uh, for math recommendations specifically, just because it's, you know, historically it's been such a traditional way to teach it. Um, and at least when I was going through school, I felt like in the math class, you had the least amount of flexibility in terms of like integrating new tools or like, like having like, you know, student led or project based learning, um, you know, that was always pretty straightforward. So I think that that's probably the most helpful subject I can think of. Yeah. Just, Definitely. <laughs> just that really cool calculator <laughs> you can put the <laughs> y equals and it's supposed to be in the back of it <laughs> uh, great so going over into just kind of some general advice for getting teachers on board with uh these new tools in the classroom because as we mentioned it sometimes can be overwhelming when you're first starting so to start off with just your school, how do you spread the word about your favorite tech tools in your school? I know you go to class to class. Um, yeah. Are there other ways? Yeah, I do a lot of collaborating. And so that's the main way. But then I also have a website and I have a Google Classroom that's new this year. And so that has been really great because that's where our kids are, is in their Google Classroom and our teachers. And so I either put it in my library Google Classroom or I like sneak into their classroom and I put things too that might pertain to what they're using. Um, I do a lot of promoting through like newsletters and posters and then also social media and anything that I do, I post it from our school. If it's, you know, building with the Kiva planks yesterday or we did um, stick together and the kids were creating their little portrait. And the great thing about that is that other teachers will see that. So they'll either see it like on our Facebook page or Instagram or Twitter. And then they're like, Hey, I want to do that too. Like, how did you do that? Or can you come to my classroom? And so anything I can do to just like promote that within my school in you know, different lights, because some people might not be on social media. Some people might not like to read. Oh, I do a little newsletter in the bathroom called, it's called Potty PD. And then I share it outside of the school too. And it's just, it's not called Potty PD, but it's nice to even show the, the parents and the families what we do too. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I well, wonder, do you have like a, uh, a forum? A, like a place where you guys can like collaborate digitally or like talk about these no like... but we should we have had that in the past though like well, I can't remember what that site was called but there was something like a long time ago that was something like collaborator I can't even remember and we tried that with our we tried that with our our teachers like we and I think we had some even like pd around it or something it and this is, you know, like teachers have a lot going on. And so the best way that I have found is directly collaborating. And a little tip for those of you who might work with teachers, if you're a librarian or maybe like a tech coach or something, I belong to every one of my teachers' Google Classrooms. And that might sound super overwhelming, 
but it's not really as overwhelming as it sounds because when they add something new to their Google Classroom, I don't have to go into it. I just get an email in my email and the subject line tells me enough. And the subject line, I can see like, oh, you know, kindergarten's getting ready to go to the apple orchard. Like I could get resources together. I could take them on a virtual field trip with the VR goggles, you know, whatever it might be just to kind of see like, I wonder what's happening and, and how I can get them excited. And so a lot of times for like our teachers, like it's me seeing something or remembering something from last year, looking into our collaborative Google doc to just see how I can get in there and, and share things too. Yeah. Well, that's really great. I was like, when you talked about Google Classroom, it made me think of like a way to like communicate with everyone. Yeah. I mean, that kind of does it in a way. It, um, it does. And it and it's a good way, like, I don't know how many emails a day that I have. And I know we've tried using like the little chat and stuff in Google before, but really Google Classroom has been really nice because it puts us all kind of, you know, into one spot where I can keep I can kind of keep track of everything that's happening. So it sounds overwhelming, but it's it's really not um, that bad because then I can I can see how they're communicating with their kids every day. Well, um, I want to ask next, Shannon. So let's say you have a teacher who's looking for the right resource for their classroom and they didn't stop by and hear it firsthand from you. What kind of general advice would you give for someone who doesn't really know where to start when it comes to, to picking you know, those resources? Because not everyone may have um, Potty PD or that kind of collaboration at their school where they're able to, to hear some of it. Um, maybe specific places that you look or would send others to look you know, that aren't yeah. quite as deep in the network as yourself. Yeah, well, like I said, like social media is a good spot, but also when I find a new digital tool, one thing I do too, is I always go to like their, the company's social media, or I might go to their website to see what things they have on their site. So I can be supported in using something new. And most places have lesson plans they have webinars, they have recordings that will help. They have all kinds of things that will help us be successful. And so even if we're you know, not an expert or we're not somebody that's used it before, we don't have the support from a librarian or a tech person or even your colleagues, you can find support in so many ways from all the great like ed tech companies that are out there. And another thing that I always tell people, like, do not be afraid to reach out to the people and, and ask some questions because I don't know how many times I've used Twitter and Instagram or an email. And I ask for help because I am not an expert on everything or anything sometimes. And I want to make sure that if I'm going to use it, that I'm going to use it, you know, with success and, and to make it meaningful. Um, so we can continue to use it too. And so there's lots of ways and then conferences again, um, and looking for one thing I love about conferences is I go on the vendor floor, but I always look to see what kind of presentations are coming from the booth. And most vendors have real live like teachers and librarians who are doing presentations in the booth. And I learn so much from those because 
you can go, you can also sign up to like win free stuff. And so our get free things, they have candy. And so it's really nice to go and to learn like with the people who are creating or working for the companies too. But there are so many ways now that, you know, it's probably a red flag if there's not a lot of things on a website to support us as teachers, um, because ed tech companies do such an amazing job now. Mm. Yeah. Flow, flow vocabulary. Um, our conferences does like a wrap kind yeah, of like so fun. So yeah. Fun. Uh, I know. So there's always like a ton of great stuff on the floor. We there do is. like a, a race in place little comp. Um, but that's some really great advice. I really, I've never actually heard a teacher talk about like the resources on websites, but, that, but that's so true. Um, a lot of ed tech, almost all ed tech companies want teachers to be successful. So offering all that support is like really essential for success. It's really good. And for my teachers, like I love dreaming up ideas. I love being creative. I have an art degree too. And so it comes like really natural for me to think of things sometimes, but like, for example, like the math question today, like I'm not an expert in math and she might be able to dream up something in math. But the nice thing is, is whatever you need help with, like my teachers, I want them to I love helping them and I always want to be there for them, but what if I'm not around and they need an idea? I want them to be able to have really great ideas and resources that they know how to get to too. And so whenever I introduce something to the teachers, I always start by showing them the other things that are out there because as we brainstorm, like maybe we'll take an idea and we'll switch it around a little bit or use it. And we know that that's going to be something that is going to be successful then within the classroom or within the library. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the general advice too of, of having the teachers, you know, do a little bit of, of scrappiness and kind of hunt down some information that they're curious about and how that kind of just naturally leads to, um, you know, them finding the tools that, you know, you have been able to find, um, even though it might be kind of a, a less conventional and, and typical way, um, you know, just kind of wanting to do it badly enough where you're able to, to kind of weasel your way into places most people, you know, wouldn't even think about really. Curiosity is good, right? <laughs> Um, and Shannon, so I want to have a couple more questions as we're getting towards the end here um, about something kind of unique to yourself, which would be your social media following. Um, you know, clearly it's not like every educator, um, that's something that they bring to the table. But in terms of, you know, helping your colleagues and both like at your school and kind of nationwide, you know, have the right uh, resources in their classroom, would you say that the social media following you have does have a an impact on their decision making? Like maybe you're a little bit more trusting of you or it's easier for them to see firsthand that, you know, you're using it and having success with it. Yeah, I, th I think definitely like, and, and they know that I have done my research and that I'm connected and that, you know, when we have new teachers at school, like one of the first thing the administrators say is like, she's really connected. Like she can find you anything that you want. And, and that might be a resource that might be an expert that might be another classroom, you know, anything that they want. And that's been the great thing about 
Twitter especially is how it's opened so many doors for us at Van Meter and not only in my life, but what it's brought to our school has been something that we're also grateful for. And who would have known like when I got on Twitter that that's what it was going to be like, but it really has changed a lot of the things that we do at our school. Yeah, is there any like other social platforms that are really spiking for teachers? I know Twitter's huge, but are there any other ones that you really well, towards? Yeah, I think, I mean, Instagram. Instagram is so, I love Instagram. I love what teachers are sharing. I love seeing not only pictures, but also the videos I think are so great. The stories um, and what else are they called? can't remember, but they're so fun. The reels is what they're called. Oh, right. And TikTok, of course, I do not use TikTok. I am on TikTok and I watch like my son and stuff. And, and I watch some other librarians and teachers, but TikTok has so many great ideas too. And I think that has become really, really popular. I'm just afraid if I started one more thing that I, I don't know where would I how would I have time <laughs> yeah and I also make a ton of great connections on LinkedIn and if I have questions um again from like a company or even another teacher or I've been to a conference a lot of times people will reach out on LinkedIn or I'll reach out too and until a couple years ago, I never saw it as that kind of platform, but now I've made a ton of great connections on LinkedIn. People post really good stuff on LinkedIn, and, and that's where I get a lot of articles, too, that I want to read, like from ISTE or School Library Journal or even just, you know, um, EdTech Weekly, like just things that are a little bit more like scholarly, too, that I might want to read. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned LinkedIn because I also feel like in the past like year or two, it's definitely grown as more of like a place you go to learn um, and like find a community and like ask questions and chat with others. Where in the past, I feel like it was not much like yeah. that. Yeah, it's, it's kind so, of and maybe during like the pandemic, it got more like that too. Um, but I just I really like that, and I think it's something too that. Even if you don't use social media, I think that a lot of professionals are on LinkedIn. And so maybe that's why too, that they feel comfortable in there. Yeah, I've really enjoyed LinkedIn lately too. So that's great. Yeah. Um, we did have one question in the chat from Kevin uh, who asked, do you have any advice uh, for working with a teacher who is apprehensive about infusing new technology into a classroom? So maybe not like yourself, but someone who's a little bit more um, unfamiliar with that technology um, or maybe needs a little bit of uh, help to get started. Yeah, I mean, one one great thing about ed tech companies too is that a lot of them have videos and resources online that are really helpful or they even have webinars that are nice so you can use um, the content, you know, to use it yourself. One of the biggest things is make sure you become good at it before you use it in front of kids. Like, cause there's nothing worse than getting up with a teacher and with a, with the students and you're like the first time on it and you're like, oh my gosh, I have no clue how to use this. And one thing that I do with my teachers, like yesterday this happened and 
I was teaching storyboard that to our fourth graders. And this is the first year that a few of our fourth grade teachers are using storyboard that, but our third graders used it last year. So our kids knew how to use it. The fourth grade teachers didn't. And so making, I always make it a point to say that to my kids, like our teachers today are learning how to use it. Like we're going to support them and we're going to help them, but we want to make it also like empower our teachers to be experts too. And so anything that you can do just to know that we're all on the same team and count on our kids, count on outside resources, but also, you know, places that we have within our school. And it's something that, you know, sometimes teachers, like you teach them something and they fly and you don't see them again for that tool. And then others, you know, being that guide on the side forever when they use that tool, it's just kind of whatever they need. And, and I love both. I think that it's, it's so great, um, you know, just to have in anything that we're comfortable with being able to support them in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think sometimes if you have a bad experience with a tool at first, um, it can kind of scare you off a little bit, right? And then you won't yes. want to come back to it, or you might be a little bit apprehensive, you know, when the next thing comes along that's yeah, that seems similar. I know it can be scary. That's why, like, hopefully, all of you have like awesome librarians that can help and and technology people and and you know, and asking your kids for help, I think is is always it's okay to say we don't know how to do something because our kids can usually figure it out. And that really helps too with that empowerment and the way that, you know, we embrace technology within our school communities. Wrapping up, I want to give Chase the opportunity to ask his fun question um, before we end. Oh, good. Well, Shannon, I started you with a fun one and we'll end with a fun one. Um, <laughs> I ask all of our guests this. Um, if you weren't doing everything that you do now in the education space, um, what, what else would you be doing? Second career. Well, I went to school to be an artist. And so I would probably be an artist. I'd probably be either like an interior designer or I would be an illustrator of children's books. Here's something exciting I could tell you. Um, hardly anybody knows this, but I'm, I'm writing a book right now, the first children's book that ISTE has ever published. And today they chose the illustrator. And so I was like, so emotional today and I can't tell you who it is, but she's really good. And it comes out at ISTE at the conference. So I'm oh, writing wow. it in collaboration with Capstone and ISTE and it's the first one and it's about technology. But what? I know I can't. That's incredible. Is that so? That's going to be the first time it'll be available, like to get a physical copy. Yes, that will be the first time it comes out at ISTE, and it's the first children's book ever, ever created by ISTE. And so Capstone and ISTE came together, and this has been a dream of mine forever because I wrote some books. I've written lots of books with Capstone, and. I always wanted to write one with ISTE that supported our students and the student standards that they have and our learners. And so it's going to be really cool. I'm super excited. Congratulations. Yes, I am too. And, and we'll, we'll be there. So just please set a few copies aside so I can. Yes, we'll have like a party in your booth and, right. and there's going to be a party. There's going to be like a, a book party. That's so great. Well, you heard it first here, folks. So. You heard it first. Yep. <laughs> there, are some, 
good reasons to go to ISTE already. And here's another <laughs> one in case you need one. <laughs> well, um, thanks Shannon for joining us, sharing all the great advice, uh, your stories. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and take some of your time. I know you're super busy um, and now you're writing a book, so even more busy. Um, <laughs> But yeah, well, thanks so much. And thanks everyone for joining today. And until next time, this is the Educator Lounge. <laughs> <laughs>